Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in uh, Boca Ciega Bay in Florida, broadcasting from the turquoise desk. And all the kittens have just woken up. So everybody is running around, jumping and yelling. So if you hear background noise, crashes, craziness, it's the kittens. Welcome to the weekly weather for April 10th, 19, uh, April 10th to 17th, 2022. The theme for the week is I dreamed a dream. So let's talk a little bit about the energy and what we can expect in this week ahead. We have a lot of exciting things coming ahead. So we're playing with our transformational energy here, shifting our stuff. So hopefully you can see me. Uh, and I clicked the right thing. So we're work in progress here. Um, so when we look at the week ahead, we have a lot of things going on. First up, Mercury is going into Taurus. Just did it a couple minutes ago when all the kittens woke up. They were sleeping so quietly a few minutes ago. So right now they're dancing around the living room. Um, the energy is frisky this week, as you might guess. Mercury going into Taurus is solid, reliable, dependable communication. Remember, he is answering to Pisces. He went into Taurus a few minutes ago at 10.09 uh, today, Sunday. So there's a lot of energy around uh, words, communication. And we have, a, we have a busy week in the sky ahead. So we're going to talk it right to it and start talking about what's going on. So uh, we will share the screen and hopefully move everything forward one giant step. All right, first up today, Mercury entered Taurus. So that just happened. Uh, and when Mercury goes into Taurus, he's going to be there, you know, for a few, a few weeks. And he wants to make commitments with his communication. This is the chart forecast for Washington, D.C. And you see Mercury there speaking to, you know, in, in, talking to Venus and Pisces. He's moving into a sextile with her. Remember, he's moving really quickly right now. So he's going to sextile Venus, and she's in Pisces, the sign of her exaltation. So she's pretty happy. She makes she's ruling the North Node of Faith. She is ruling Uranus. She is ruling Mercury and any planets in Libra. None in the sky right now, but there will be some a little bit later this week. Um, so there's a lot of energy for her around uh, kind of a forward motion, full steam ahead. So Venus, Mercury, and Taurus. Now, when Mercury goes into Taurus, the last couple of weeks he's been in Aries. So the rhetoric has been hot and fiery. People have been in the mood to fight. A lot of arguments, a lot of fire. Mercury and fire is fast. Mercury and Aries is matches. Lively, smart, quick, forward motion energy. Now that he's in Taurus, it's kind of like slow it down. Continue moving quickly because he's moving quickly, but he's grounded. He's not like fiery. He's like, okay, let's get practical. Let's figure out what we're doing, let's focus on our, our dreams, focus on our structures, let's get that moving in, in a slightly better way. So there's a lot of energy right now with that kind of forward motion, because he is moving quickly. He's going to go to this week, he's going to move from 28 Aries to 1336 Taurus. So he's going about two degrees a day. That's pretty fast. He goes a little bit faster, but that's about his top speed. So we're going to find lots of communication, and this week Mercury talks to a lot of planets as he goes through that um, first part of Taurus. He gets to, you know, gets to every planet in your chart between 28 
Aries and 13 Taurus is activated, right? So he's really, any planets that you have at those numbers is going to have a Mercury aspect. Next up, this is the big event of the week, and this is the big event all the astrologers are talking about, is the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction that takes place on April 12th at 12.42 a.m. Now, Neptune takes 14 years in a sign, so Jupiter meets up with him every 12 years when he goes around the chart. So the last time he met up with him was in 2009, and they met up at 24 Aquarius. Uh, so you notice in December of 2009, you notice that Saturn is at 23 Aquarius. So the cycle that began in your life around expanding your dream, because Neptune is your dream, and Jupiter is how we expand, how we relate to the world, we're finishing the cycle from December of 2009, and we're starting a new chapter. Both Jupiter and Neptune love Pisces. That's one of their favorite signs. Of course, Neptune rules the ocean, and Jupiter rules Pisces in traditional astrology. So when the two of them meet up, it's a really big moment. And it's very expansive. It's very watery. It's very emotional. You may find you're running extra emotional. And, of course, Venus is in Pisces encouraging all the Taurus planets, which normally are very grounded, encouraging all of them to be emotional. So we have this very um, fluid energy. This initiates a new 12-year cycle. As I mentioned, Neptune takes 165 years to go around the chart. The last time Jupiter and Neptune met up was in March of 1858. A lot of noise over there. I have no idea what they're doing. Um, March of 1858, uh, and in February of 1858 was when they signed a treaty ending the Crimean War, which was a war that was fought by the Ottoman Empire and Russia, and they fought for a couple years over that Crimean Peninsula, which is part of Ukraine. So hopefully, fingers crossed, this will represent an ending to that energy. It also starts a new 12-year cycle uh, about our dreams. So look at planets in your chart at 23 and look and see where they are, what's going on, how those planets are being activated. Because every planet in your chart that's 23 is really stimulated. Notice in this chart the nodes of fate are 22, 23, right? So they're getting the trine, the south node's getting the trine, the north node is getting the sextile. The thing that makes me a little nervous is when we look at world events, 23 of the mutables is when Bhopal happened, which was, of course, the gas explosion in India. And it's also when Chernobyl happened, which was the nuclear event in, um, in Ukraine. So we're looking at that energy, that degree is kind of a hot degree. We also find in Vladimir Putin's chart, he has Palestina on uh, 23 Pisces. So I use the October 20th chart for him. There's also one for October 7th. But we do see this conjunction landing right on his palace, Athena. And, of course, today they were talking about changing the general into a guy who's apparently not very nice. Um, so we'll see what happens. This is a really going to be a really interesting week in the war. And then in a couple weeks, Mars is going to come and act, activate this point. So it's important to watch. And this is also the point of the eclipse with the 23 Scorpio that was in November, mid-November. And later this week, we're going to have a full moon. 
and it's going to be at that same hot degree, uh, 23, because we're entering into eclipse season. So our job with this energy is to understand, okay, what's the new direction? Actually, the full moon eclipse is going to be next month at 23. Later this week, we have the new moon. But our energy is very much about the direction, the forward motion, how do we connect, what are we going, where are we doing. There's this expansive energy that's really flying in the sky. So we're going to watch this and kind of figure out what what the story is and how we work with it. So it's important to pay attention to that and figure that out. Uh, The next up is Mars is going to enter Pisces this week. And so when that happens, Mars enters Pisces, you can see him here. And he is going to get, uh, he's traveling, and he gets as far as 2 degrees Pisces, 31. So he's at the back half of Aquarius at the beginning of the week, 27 Aquarius. And then on April 14th, a couple days after that Jupiter-Neptune station, we begin a new, uh, a new story with Mars and Earth Pisces. And, of course, when a planet goes from air, which is where Mars is, and he dives into the water, it's a real shift. And so Mars now is going to dive into water, and he's going to be part of that merging, flowing energy. So we're going to feel the sky shift. The energy is going to really shift into emotion and feeling. Now, this, of course, with all this stuff in water, plus that conjunction that happens once every 12 years, very emotional week. Very fluid week, very feeling week, a lot of ending energy, you know, because we're ending a 12-year cycle that began in December of 2009, because when the conjunction happened, it ends the cycle, and we're now beginning a new cycle. So endings, endings, new beginnings. As Mars goes into Pisces, there's a deep, dreamy feeling of him when he does this shift. So we're going to watch for that shift that happens on Thursday. Now, Mars is in Aquarius, the last degree, when we have the conjunction of Jupiter and Neptune on the 12th. But we know that he's, he's kind of going, oh, wait, come, I'm coming, I'm coming, and he's diving. So kind of think those cliff divers, you know, in Acapulco when they dive into the pearls. So there's definitely energy of going from high, fine, fire, air, Aquarian into water. Now, there's also, of course, um, you know, having watched the, uh, what's the right word, having watched COVID over the last couple of years, whenever there's a big Neptune aspect, but whenever there's a big Pisces aspect, there's a, there's a variant that comes out. So we're going to watch the news for a variant as Mars dives into Pisces and see what it says, because when Jupiter goes into Aries next month in May, we may very well see another big variant. Remember, Jupiter is a big guy, uh, so he may bring us a big variant of COVID. I know this is you're kind of going, and, and, like the news is bad. You also have on this, uh, the sun is in Aries for the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. The sun is in Aries on a world point. So we know we're dealing with really big energy, really big emotional energy, and you can see the sun is approaching a sextile to Saturn which is good. It's an opening sextile. helps us get clear on things. But it is in Aries, the sign of war, and now Mars is about to dive into Pisces. And so more water, more energy, more feeling, more emotion. So it'll be really interesting to watch that transition. And one of the things that we find with astrology is when the planets transition like this, we really feel them. 
because they're shifting energies and they're shifting from energy that they were in that was very distinct and then they change into a completely new one. So think air, hot summer's day, and you dive into the pool and that cold water kind of hitting your body, right? That's what we're doing. We're diving high into the water and uh, going to feel it. And Mars does not like being in Pisces. Yes, he's a scuba diver. Yes, he's a snorkeler. Yes, he's in submarines. But it's also fish. And so Mars is moving from a fixed Aquarian energy, which is air. So we've just given uh, things to take out the um, the airplanes in Ukraine. We've just given anti-aircraft weapons. But we're going into water. So we're going into a more of an emotional, a feeling, a caring space. So it'll be interesting to see that shift. Next up, we do have the full moon at the end of the month, uh, and this is the full moon in Aries and Libra. Uh, so this is taking place uh, at 26 Aries, and it's taking place right after the sextile that the sun makes to Saturn. So the sun has a, a firming, uh, kind of an understanding energy when he sextiles Saturn, and he wants to figure out things, and then he has the full moon in Libra. So what this then marks is the beginning of eclipse season. The eclipses are coming. The eclipses are coming at the full moon because the next moon, that's the new moon at the end of the month in Taurus, is an eclipse. And then the moon that is in May is an eclipse. So that when the nodes and the sun get within 15 degrees of each other, we're in eclipse season. But this full moon is interesting because the rising sign is Leo, has that nice trine. It has a mystic rectangle. So in a mystic rect with, with Washington, so with a mystic rectangle, we often find air and fire mystic rectangles help us really envision things. And we can also see there's a grand trine in air there, which helps us form a kite and travel and come up with some new direction. The concern with this full moon is that the, um, the Aries and the, uh, the Athena and the Aries are traveling together. Now, Athena is a warrior goddess, but you can see Eris up there at 24. So this is a warrior energy, and it is a warrior energy on the full moon. So we're going to really see some uh, things happen, things coming to light, helping us understand stuff. And of course, we know from the Dietrich Pesson book, Lunar Shadows, this also takes us back a little bit to earlier times. So we go back to October 26th of 2020, when we had 20, the new moon happened at 23 Libra, and the sun was there. And then last July, when we had the sun in Cancer and the moon at 25 Libra, and now we're at the full moon, sun in Aries, Libra moon, same degree, 26. Notice how all the degrees are really close to each other. And then uh, January 15th of next year, the moon is in Libra and the sun is in Capricorn. So what that does is there's the conjunction, there's the opening square, there's the opposition, there's the closing square, and there's an integrative energy. So now we're really seeing things. We're really understanding stuff on a new level that we hadn't seen it before. And if we look at this full moon chart for the, um, the sun and the moon in, in uh, Aries and Pisces, I'm sorry, Aries and Libra, we really understand, oh, this is, this is very big emotionally. We also see that moon answers to Venus and Pisces with Mars right behind her. So we know there's a lot of emotional energy rolling with this. And we also see the moon as the apex of a finger of God, 
Now, some people don't do the nodes as part of uh, planetary pictures, but I studied Vedic astrology for seven years, and they treat the nodes really like planets. They're very powerful energies. So I do include planetary pictures uh, with nodes. So the north node in Taurus, talking to the moon in Libra, talking to the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces. So this is a fated, F-A-T-E-D, configuration, and it's a loaded finger because the sun is a focused finger. Some people prefer loaded. I like focused because the sun is at 26 Aries pointing at that moon. Notice the moon is way over here all by itself. It's the handle of a bucket. Uh, and so when the handle of the bucket is happening, bucket handles are highly developed uh, points of uh, interest. Mark Edmund Jones' planetary pictures or um, uh, planetary patterns, rather, to look at that. So that moon in Libra, super strong. So notice if you have planets at 26 of the cardinals or 26 of anything, because it's going to be very activated by this full moon. Particularly, think back to what was going on in October of 2020, July of last year, and now in April. So there's a kind of a forward motion. That full moon also has a number of planetary asteroids involved of particular interest to me is Saturn working with Nemesis. It's very important when we're looking at that full moon to pay attention to Saturn because he's over there at 23. And one of the things he's going to do this week is he is going to square the nodes. See, he's 23, the nodes are 22. That means Saturn is in the bends, B-E-N-D-S. We have an opportunity here. We're going to be asked to make choices when Saturn squares the nodes. He's going to say, so what are you doing? And why are you doing it? And what's this about? And what are you trying to accomplish? So as we watch this full moon, and we know we have to make choices, it's very important to be conscious of our of making choices that bring us to a bad place, bring us, bring us down, help us fall. We also see Vesta working with Icarus, which usually is a fall from grace. And, of course, Vesta is hanging out uh, at 16 Aquarius. So we're going to look at her um, hanging with Icarus and saying, you know, if you don't follow the instructions, you can have a fall from grace. So it's being aware, again, looking at planets at 16 Aquarius, or they're going to be aspecting Icarus. And, of course, in his case, he did not listen to the instructions, and he fell because he flew too high and the wax melted. So it's an interesting um, full moon because it's really speaking to, you know, how do we work with this? And, of course, just a couple days before the full moon, so that'll be on the 15th, 16th, the sun is going to be on Eris and Athena, which, you know, the talk shows today were talking a little bit about the war escalating. Uh, and, of course, with that Jupiter-Neptune and Pisces. But the other part of it is that's when the Crimean War ended the last time. So we definitely know we're playing over in, the, in that peninsula, in that area, but we're going to be working with those energies, you know, kind of back and thinking about, like, what's the purpose and how do we do it? Um, and, of course, watching for a variant, you know, to be talked about. Um, the fixed stars are not particularly bad, but they do involve um, us looking and asking questions. Uh, in terms of our direction and where we're headed. So when we look at the week ahead, we know that it's got a pretty potent uh, energy to it. And of course, I have no idea how much time I have left, but we'll 
will run through our energies. The British lady hasn't spoken yet. Um, so the sun this week is going from 21 Aries all the way to 28 Aries to the full moon. And the sun meets up with Aries, the goddess of discord, on the 14th. So we're going to watch for a little bit of discord and, and harmony. The sun also has a sextile, an opening sextile to Saturn in Aquarius that says, okay, let's figure out how we're going to work with this, what we're going to do. And remember, Saturn's cycle from whatever you began in December of 2009, that cycle's coming to an end. And remember, beginning, Jupiter-Neptune starts a new cycle, and Jupiter and Neptune met at 24 Aquarius back in December of 2009. Now Saturn's coming to that point, he's going to pop it. He's going to say, oh, that's done. We're, ready. We're letting that go. And we watch these planetary points because they stay hot for a while. So we know that this is a hot point, this 23-24. That's where the COVID clump was, too. So we know we're working with energy that's very strong, and we see the nodes of 22 Taurus trining the COVID spot. So we understand the conjunction that initiated the COVID changes. So we understand all these changes are really big and very important for us. We're also going to look at... Um, we're also going to look at Mercury running from 28 Aries. He's going to go all the way to 1336 Taurus. He enters Taurus, as I mentioned, on the 10th tonight, and he is heading Sunday night. He is heading forward. He does have stressful aspects on the 15th when he forms a semi-square to Jupiter and Neptune. So think about that. Mercury and Taurus, semi-squares, which is stress that's unresolved. Neptune and Jupiter. So it's going to ask you, Mercury's going to ask you to think about what those guys want. What does Jupiter and Neptune want? What's the dream I have? And of course, earlier today, well, I like to kind of think of the musical themes for the, the week, and it was the I Dreamed a Dream, you know, from Les Miserables. But because of all this Pisces stuff, the other thought that came to mind was the Beatles song, And in the End. The love you give is equal, the love you take is equal to the love you make. So it's an interesting week where we get to choose how we're going to work with these energies. They're very potent, intense, passionate, a little over the top, but it's understanding how you take the space. So I was working on something this weekend, and there was a lot of, well, okay, how do we hold the space for this? How do we help people? hold this energy and contain it. And I think this week is very much a week of holding the space, holding the energy. Not a lot of words. Mercury's in Taurus. He doesn't talk. He's answering to Venus in Pisces. She's music. She hums. She tones. She makes sounds, but she's not a chatterer. So it's kind of a quiet space-holding energy. Venus this week runs from 7 Pisces to 1334 Pisces. Um, she, too, has a semi-square on the 17th. She semi-squares Pluto. Uh, so that's a stressful energy where Venus looks at Pluto and says, you know, I, I thought we talked about this. And Pluto goes, well, we did, but I don't know that I want to do it. So Venus is in her exaltation in Pisces. So when she runs into a little resistance from Pluto this week, you want to kind of, oh, you see a kitten on the stove in the back. Tell you they're everywhere. They can climb, they can jump, 
they can take off. I was cooking earlier today and they were, they jumped up and I'm like, oh my God, you're going to burn your feet. There's that little white one. Uh, that is Rhoda. The one that went by was either Lou or Phyllis. I didn't really get a good look at them. I just saw movement back there. But yeah, that's what the kittens look like. And that's what they're up to. We can climb on counters now. Um, uh, cue the kittens, right? Coming in and going, they're not supposed to be on the stove. Uh, Mars this week is running uh, to two, he goes into Pisces this week on the 14th, as I mentioned, and he is in an adjusting aspect on the 13th with Pluto, a semi-sextile where he's a little, oh, and there you see the other one crawling on the bottom there by the drawer. Uh, And that is Lou, that one's Lou. Um, Mars is also quintile uh, Uranus, which has got a very happy ending, energy of connection and creation. And as I mentioned, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction is strong. Uh, Jupiter ends at 25 uh, Pisces. Uh, Saturn this week squares the nodes of fate. He does it on the 11th, the same day that the um, Jupiter, right the day before the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction takes place. So we know that he's making choices. He's saying, choose, choose, and then the conjunction happens. And the Saturn is at the same degree, like a degree, like not even a few minutes away from the conjunction that took place when Jupiter and Neptune met in December of 2009. They met then and they said, oh, okay, this is is the direction of the story. So we have this very focused, very intense energy around things. And we also have Pallas Athena meeting up on April 17th with Eris, the goddess of discord. So we're going to look for a change in strategy in the war, the war energy, and also a strategy in how you're approaching things and what you're doing. When we look at the moon calendar here, uh, this week, the moon is um, in Leo today, and it's in Leo, went into Leo this morning around noon, midnight last night. It's in Leo Monday, Tuesday, goes void at 6.16 a.m. Tuesday morning. And it goes void with a opposition to Mars. It's void for a couple of hours. And then the moon enters Virgo on the 12th. And it's in Virgo on the 12th, the 13th, the 14th. And it goes void at 2.11 p.m. Moon in Virgo goes void with a trine to Pluto. So that's kind of a positive forward motion energy. Of course, that's also heading us towards tax day, you know, April 15th. Um, and so Mars goes into Pisces at 11.06 p.m. on the 14th. So the 14th is a DB day, a Donald Lanford day, one of the more intense ones of the week. And we are going to have the Neptune on the 12th. So we're probably going to be processing what happened on the 12th on, on the 14th. Then Good Friday and Passover begin on the 15th. And the moon is going to be in Libra. It goes void, as I mentioned, on the 14th at 2.11 p.m. It goes void with the trine to Pluto. And the moon enters Libra at 4.46 p.m. on the 14th, Thursday the 14th. It's in Libra on the 14th, 15th, Good Friday. There's the full moon on Saturday. And the moon goes void at 5.57 p.m. Saturday night, East Coast time, with a square to Pluto. Not an easy moon. Not an easy moon. So that full moon's got a lot of intensity to it and a lot of adjusting energy. So we also see Saturday as being a particularly intense day, another DB day. And for those of you who go, who's DB? 
Donald Blanford is a teacher in New York, and he goes, Anne, can you let me know the tense days? Because, of course, the kids all go a little wild on the DB days. Uh, so the 17th, of course, is Easter, um, and that is going to have the moon going into Scorpio Saturday night. goes into Saturday night around um, 8.23 p.m., and it's in Scorpio Saturday night, Sunday, Easter, coming going void at 7.55 p.m. on Monday the 18th, my father's birthday. He would have been 92 if he was still here. And uh, it goes void at um, 7.55 p.m. on the 18th with the moon in Scorpio, sextiles, Pluto, and Capricorn. So the energy is very intense this week because of all the the planets shifting and changing directions and also because of all the intensity that new moon conjunction, the full moon rather, and then the conjunction of the Jupiter-Neptune is particularly potent and very, very strong. So um, you've been enjoying kittens <laughs> running around and little uh, Ted down here howling and going, pick me up, pick me up, because that's what Ted does. And he likes to... Uh, come here, come here, come here, little guy. He likes to uh, hang out. So this is Ted saying goodbye and all the other kittens, too, and Anne saying goodbye. Hopefully you have a great week. Remember, find things that love you and that you love and you can snuggle with, like little Ted here, and other kittens or whatever <laughs> works for you. Have a great week. It's going to be a little rough out there, so please be gentle with yourself. Check in on the people that you know that are having a hard time and really support people that need your care, your love, your attention, because... The world's a little rough right now. We'll get easier. Remember, these are transits. They're temporary. But while we're in the midst of them, and especially this week because everything's so swirly, you may feel it's, it's much more overwhelming. So British lady tells me I have to hang up. Have a great week. Bye.